Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Welcome to the program. I'm Joel, and I got Mike with me talking about growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, as Peter exhorted us to in Second um, Peter three ten. It's right towards the end of of Peter's second epistle. Mike, I'm glad to have you with me. We're we've been talking a lot about uh, about the old covenant and the new covenant and the difference between the two, and, and how important it is to know the difference between these two covenants because we have a tendency these days to kind of mix the two together to kind of you know take some of the words uh, of of Jesus for example where he was really speaking to those who were under the law not those who had come to know him yet and 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 applying those words to Christianity when really that wasn't the the purpose and so it's it's good to take some of these things and separate them out trying to grow in our understanding of, of what that old covenant was versus this new covenant that we're part of. Well, it seems like we always run short on time, Joel, so let's let's get right into it. I'm looking at Hebrews chapter 10. Well, let me just read a couple of verses here. Uh, and I know I'm, we're picking up sort of in midstream, but uh, the writer of Hebrews says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, talking about old animal sacrifices under the old covenant, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, they cannot make those who approach perfect. For then they would not have, for, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. That is uh, profound. Uh, the, the, the sacrifices that they made throughout the year and then uh, the, the annual ones, they couldn't take away your sins. <laughs> you're, you're doing all of that, and, and, and you still have this, this consciousness of sin that, that will continue to hound you for the rest of your life. Yeah, a reminder of sins. I mean, that's what it says there in, in Hebrews 10, chapter uh, verse 3. In, in those sacrifices, all, all that really happens um, <laughs> is a reminder of your sins. And the, the blood of bulls and goats, you know, God did prescribe this. He prescribed these sacrifices. He, of course, did it for a purpose. And we've talked a lot about that in our shows in the past. You know, to lead us into an to lead us to a consciousness of sin. I mean, he did that. He wanted us to understand our sin, so that we would, when he sent his son Jesus Christ, we would turn to uh, faith in Christ rather than this this covenant. But this blood, uh, the bulls and goats, had had no power in it. Just you know, a, a yearly reminder of sins. Mm. I'm jumping down a couple of verses, Joel, in Hebrews 10. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. There we are again. We still see that today. The priest being sort of the go-between between God and man. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. So Jesus, uh, the book of Hebrews also mentions Jesus as our high priest now. 
Um, we don't have to have that go-between anymore. We don't have to do the sacrifices over and over again because this man, Jesus, made one sacrifice forever for everybody. Amen. And that's what that next verse goes on to say, verse 14, for by one offering... By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So going back to the beginning of the chapter, you know, it was, you know, the sin or the, the yearly sacrifices. What did that do? It provided a reminder of sins. But the offering of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I think there's a little bit of a difference between being reminded of your sin <laughs> and being perfected. So that's that's such good news for us to remind ourselves about. That's a huge uh, difference there. And then it goes on, Joel. Uh, and I think uh, the writer of Hebrews is quoting something from Jeremiah here. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hmm. Yeah. Referring but, but to a prophecy <laughs> of the sacrifice of Christ there. That's right, yeah. And that's that's what's so wonderful. That I mean... Verses like these, just little nuggets like these, really did help me quite a bit because I lived under a constant consciousness of sin. Even though I had come to Christ, I didn't understand all of this. I didn't understand that Jesus, by his one offering, has perfected those who are being sanctified. And and here, you know, it says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. If God isn't remembering them anymore, why should I? He's he's done away with them. He's taken care of my sins. He's taken care of your sins. He's taken care of sin. In verse 18, now where there is remission of these, and this is going to get into some good stuff here, there is no longer an offering for sin. Incredible. Well, that tells you a lot right there. And And even though we may not sacrifice animals the way that they did, Joel, under the Old Covenant, I think there are a lot of sacrifices that take place in the lives of many modern Christians today that really don't have to. Yeah. They don't really have to take place. I guess I don't want to get into a lot of specifics right now, but I think there are a lot of things that are uh, replicas of what took place with animal sacrifices. I'll give you one example. Rededicating your life mm. over and over and over again. <laughs> that is like an animal sacrifice. That is. And it's unnecessary. And, and I take it from somebody who's done it over and over and over again before I began to understand the grace walk. And even dedicating yourself in the first place. <laughs> Never mind all the rededications. <laughs> but Steve McVeigh has said this a lot. Or maybe he said it once and I've listened to it a lot on the same recording. I don't know. But it really stuck with me. And that's that God doesn't ask us to dedicate our lives to him. He says to give your life up. We die. You know, when we come, when we came to Christ, we died. And that old man that tried to dedicate itself to, to God but never could is dead. Now the life that we live is Christ in union with us. We're not trying to live a life of dedication to God. He is our life. He has become our life. We're no longer trying to put him first in our lives. He is our life. And there's a big difference there. And it, it took me a while to get my, my head around that one, just that he is my life. Now, as I live and move and breathe and have my being, 
it's not my life. It's Christ in my life. It's Christ is my life. And, and man, it's, just, it's so freeing. And it's, just, it's so wonderful to understand that God himself has joined himself with me. And it's no longer me living, trying to dedicate myself to him. It's his life as my life. Going on in Hebrews 10, we have a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. Assurance is a powerful word, by the way. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. So my confession, you know what my confession is, Joel? It's not all the bad stuff I've done. Uh, God already... He knew that before time began. I'm not telling him anything new. My confession is Christ. Jesus Christ is my confession and, and his finished work, trusting that uh, indeed he, he was raised from the dead. And, and he's the one that I trust in. What he did is what I need to trust in. That's my confession. That's the confession. He who promises faithful, he who began a good work in you, you know, Paul said, uh, he, he's faithful to complete it. It's not that you've begun a good work in yourself uh, with you know any good work that you're doing for God. It's that he is faithful to complete the work that he began in you, and he'll, he'll be faithful to complete that. So much of a burden can be lifted off by just understanding that God's doing the work. You might not feel it right now. You might not think that God's doing anything in your life. He's working. And he's doing some stuff in you, maybe taking some time to grow you and, and, and to help you get to know him instead of just thinking that all these things that you're doing are are for him. It's, it's more like he's working in and through you in a process that maybe you don't understand. Well, you, you remember in the book of Galatians um, <clears throat> how Paul sort of chastised them for uh, trusting in Christ and then going back to trusting in some of the law again and he tried to sort of make a point to them that how, how could you you know start out in the spirit and end up back over there where you started again uh, back in the flesh back in, in into the commandments and the law and and he, the writer of Hebrews some people think it's Paul but uh, in any case what what the writer of Hebrews has been doing for quite some time here even long before where we picked up in, in Hebrews chapter 10 um, he's been trying to make the case uh, that under the old covenant of animal sacrifices, they were done away with. And there came along the, the perfect sacrifice, the Holy Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. God offered up uh, with him one sacrifice for all to take care of sins, uh, all sins, one time. And now he has become our high priest. The old animal sacrifice is being done away with. And then we come up to Hebrews 10.26, Joel. <laughs> what about this, Mike? <laughs> well, I know we're, we've only got a few minutes left. I know that. But, a couple minutes, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we come to a scripture, like many times you read a, a short passage of scripture, and I, I believe, not that I've mastered scripture at all, I'm, I'm, I'm no scholar. It's just that I know that we as humans don't have a perfect understanding of God's word. And sometimes you come to a passage like this, and it's completely misunderstood or taken out of context. But if we take it in context of what the writer of Hebrews has been talking about, that is, in a nutshell, old sacrifices have been done away with. The animals, uh, animal sacrifices are gone. They, they no longer apply anymore because of this one sacrifice that God has offered through his son. 
So in verse 26, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sin. In other words, if you're going to uh, trust in old animal sacrifices under an old covenant and reject the one sacrifice that God has offered for mankind's redemption, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sin. There isn't any other sacrifice that will do because the blood of bulls and goats wouldn't do. And any sacrifice, you, know, you sacrificing your own life to try to gain your own um, redemption, that won't do. If you're trusting in anything else than this one sacrifice, like you're saying, there is no other sacrifice. There, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins because you've, you've rejected the one sacrifice, the only one that will do. That's, uh, that's strong stuff, you know, and, and you've got to remember these were people who had been brought up under that system for so long that, you know, people would begin to waver and say, well, gee, what if, you know, I mean, we trusted in Moses for so long, what, what if this Paul guy and some of the, these people with this new doctrine, what if they're wrong? Maybe we better play it safe and do some animal sacrifices too, again, trying to add to what has already been done. And as we wrap up here, we don't have time to get into all this, but you know, this uh, scripture goes on to talk about insulting the spirit of grace. You know, trampling, you know, the, the blood that Jesus shed, the blood of the covenant uh, by which He has sanctified, uh, counting it as a common thing. In other words, rejecting that sacrifice, counting it as a common thing, in insulting the spirit of grace. We might try to get into that next time as uh, we talk more about growing in grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.